McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, scores yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Bobby fans and welcome to PO Forecast episode 66. Well it's been an up and down week for the Blues as a disappointing defeat away at Fleetwood and then a slightly better bounce back uh, win at home to MK Dons. Joining me on the podcast today is Matt. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, thanks for having me back here. More than welcome, mate. Always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. So first of all we're going to go in and review the MK Dons game. No wait a sec, review the Fleetwood game. Following that, we're going to review the MK Dons game. After that, we put a question out to you guys, and thank you again for everyone who's messaged in. It's always appreciated, uh, makes the show. And we ask you guys, are you happy with the rotation Kenny Jacket did for the squad against MK Dons? And should we rotate the squad again on Friday against Rochdale? Then going on from that, we are going to preview the game against Rochdale, we just mentioned. And then later on, coming out later in the week on the Friday, Saturday, we've got another episode specially previewing the game against Arsenal. Matt, lots to get into, so let's go for it. Fleetwood, let's just get this one over and done with. It was poor performance, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really poor. Um, I think the uh, day that the boys decided not to turn up to the office, um, very off colour and really only probably had two maybe at best one good opportunity really during the game and I'd say it's probably the racket header off the line other than that yeah poor passing loss of possession across the park just really not good at all it's almost sort of back to the beginning of the season stuff again really no it was awful it was awful we know Fleetwood are a tough a tough place to go and play yeah we managed to get that win in the cup it was quite a quite a scrappy affair as always. They're a hard team to break down. And now they're, you know, they've gone on a run, haven't they? And they're now a pretty solid promotion rival, really. Yeah, of course they are. Um, you know, and they proved that again last night. So we are recording on a Wednesday. So they, they played on the Tuesday um, against Sunderland away. They were 1-0 up right up till the 96th minute. Sunderland nicked a really late equaliser, which obviously uh, has beneficiary or a beneficiary to us because they've now dropped into seventh. We've gone into fifth. So, you know, happy with that. But yeah, you know, they've shown what, what a side they are. You know, the not many teams, you know, uh, at this time of the year, especially against an informed Sunderland team, are going to go up there and, you know, be unlucky to lose and come away with a point rather yeah. than the three. So, you know, they're showing signs of improvement and they're definitely going to be up there or around you know, at the end of the season, that's for sure. Did you um, hear what Joe Barton said after the game? I didn't, no. He no. said that Fleetwood are by far a better team than Sunderland. 
They passed the ball around better than Sunderland. Sunderland were just lumping the ball forward, no hope. He said they're absolutely lucky to get anything out of it. And he said that they were scared of poor little Fleetwood coming up to Sunderland. I know, I did hear this actually. Now, now you've gone back over that, I did hear that. And, and do you know what? I, I, I mean, it's standard Joey Barton, really, if you ask me. But ultimately, I don't know how happy I'd be if I was a player for for Fleetwood and, and my manager was calling us Little Fleetwood. You know, they they should, you know, they've earned their place up there in the playoffs this season. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, regardless, all right, they they lost it late on. You know, Sunderland have been in form, you know, recently as well. It's, it's two teams that are on form, and to get a point, they should be walking away happy and proud of that. And I, I think there was no no real need. But it's it's typical Joey Barton. We all know what he's about and. You know, his words come out of his mouth before he thinks half the time. But and he's ex Newcastle, isn't he? That's yeah, a little bit of the reason he's why I think. Sword in as well. Yeah, you know? but I just felt like it as a as a fleet. If I was a Fleetwood player, I'd take that as a bit of a like. Well, hold on a minute. We're not little Fleetwood. You know, you need this time. We're of year fucking well, massive, mate. Yeah. Well, you know, we are. Yeah, that's for sure. We can say that. But <laughs> no, think, mate. He made a similar comment. Actually, we won't stay on this too long. No, because yeah, it, Let's yeah. be honest. But he made a similar comment saying Blackpool were a small, tiny club on the edge of Fleetwood. So yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on to the game again. Raggett has that header cleared off the line. Curtis has a cross, which sort of... Looped up. Looped up, keeper. Yeah. Let's go and talk about the Fleetwood goal. I know it's not the most exciting thing, but Alex Bass seems to palm the ball out, doesn't he? Straight back in front of the striker. Yeah. I mean, know. I'm not expecting him to, to collect that, but, you know, I think it's standard rule, really, is you, you don't put it back out centrally into the area. You make sure it, it goes back out to the side or out for a goal kick. I know you can't obviously say that was going to get pushed back out for a goal kick or a corner or something, but, you know, I, he needed to do better for me, really, with that. But also, you know, you've got a question where were the where the defence, you know, following up for the header as well. He, he pretty much had as much time as he wanted to head that in so yeah just generally disappointing it, it was very switched off and there wasn't really much momentum after it to be honest with you either you know and, and as I said it was very much sort of a, a lackluster sort of mid-season like you know September kind of performance from us really and you know I, I just hope that that's not going to become something a bit more regular you know especially with the amount of fixtures are piling up as well it's it's important and obviously we'll be discussing that later anyway so yeah I, I actually don't think to be honest, that Fleetwood were that good in this game either. It wasn't. It wasn't a case in which Fleetwood came in and they completely bossed the game and they looked, you know, two levels class above us or whatever. I mean, if you look at the actual stats in the game, it, the possession was you know, fairly equal, really. With us edging possession here, pass success for us was slightly up at sixty-one percent. Uh, they had eleven successful dribbles. We had ten. Aerial jewels were 35 each one. So, corners, they had two, we had four. It was poor from us because we know how this team can play. We yeah. know when we got on the front foot, we know how this team can press teams. We saw us get that win away at Fleetwood early in the season, which is why it's actually a bit more frustrating that we've gone there and done a bit of a poor performance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the stats obviously you know speak for themselves, but... Also, sometimes I think when it comes down to to a game, you know, it's who wants it more, and and I just think that they look like they just wanted it a little bit more. They pressed a little bit harder on us, you know, and we weren't really alert to that. Marquise got caught out, I think, for the goal. You know, 
he had enough time to make a pass off to the left or right and instead he like dallied on it and they jumped in and took possession and that happened a couple of times and there was a lot of mislaid possession and it, it was just very sloppy from us and I think you know the reason they've got the result albeit uh, you know as far as I'm concerned I'm not going to stick it on Alex Bass but I think he could have done better um, and, and ultimately again defensively we weren't there and they wanted that header and they got the goal you know and they, they came away with the result and that's what it's all about this time of the season you know and that's why they will be up there and about and, and we need to make sure that we don't keep slipping up especially against teams like Fleetwood and, and teams around us you know sort of almost almost a sort of resemblance of the game against Coventry in the way that yeah. we lose another game one now away from home yeah. at a promotion rival I mean we weren't spectacular in that game either you know and that's, no. that's two games against two teams now that you know if we'd won both of them you know we'd, we'd near enough be automatics if not potentially around top I think you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. ultimately it's, it's two disappointing performances against two teams that really we need to be winning you know and or at least drawing and holding them away from yeah, home yeah at least getting something from from the game you know and and that's why it makes you know the next topic that we're going to move on to so disappointing really in that sense because you know you you really want to be walking away with six points or or at least four out of those two games you know so but we're to, obviously we'll move on to that in a bit but you know generally it, it's just a, a, a difficult thing to take at the moment that's two games now you know the Coventry game I, I albeit I was disappointed you know I, I think they're they they're really up and around Coventry this season I think they've got a lot of quality across the pitch I thought we might get more at Fleetwood albeit they're up around the playoffs and they've earned that I just thought we we had a better chance of getting a result away from there especially after the FA Cup game as well yeah no I agree I think Coventry actually are a better side as well which makes that a little bit easier to take yeah so we'll move on now because I think the Fleetwood game is depressing my soul even just talking about sure. it right now. So what you what you you just to set the scene, we've got this slightly tired, sluggish looking team away at Fleetwood, you know, fans disappointed about the performance. I'm sure Kenny Jacket was disappointed yeah. with the players as well for that performance. He makes five changes, which we're gonna come into later and talk about in more, you know, in more detail. Yeah. But the team comes out, we think, right, MK Dons. You know, they've been doing well recently, but they're one of those teams down in the bottom. We're at home. You've got to fancy us for a win and a convincing win, and it was needed at this time of season. We got the win, but it wasn't the start of the performance wasn't great, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, But, I mean, it was great to have Cannon back. Obviously, that showed in the first goal. He, he was back around and busy, and and you know ultimately scored scored that opening goal early on as well. Which, you know, when we got that, I I was actually particularly overly happy that we scored early on. I think you know opening them up that early, they meant they had to come out and actually play some football. But surprise, surprise, they did turn up and they did play some football. And and you know from from a lot of voices I've heard around, you know they were the the best team or best one of the best footballing teams we've had down at Fratton Park this season in that sense and you know after the goal they they really caused us problems you know constantly um, we were very much on the back foot and you know deservedly so they they got a goal back you know so in, in that sense but I think moving on to the second half as a, a general professional performance tidied it up and finished the game off towards the end um, obviously the red card you know was probably a, a contributor to the third goal but you know that that's what you need to be doing. I was talking about it during the Fleetwood game earlier. You just need to, to close these games off. And obviously it came late on, but that third goal just, you know, really put the nail in the coffin. And as far as I'm concerned, it was quite a polished performance at the end of the game, really. I think sometimes, though, you've got to just get to the point in which you think it was a pretty poor performance. It's a good start. 
Yeah, so Pompey, we have that good start with Cannon, pressing, um, and then you, you think that, right, that's going to set the tone. I, I bet you Kenny Jacket came out and he was like, you need to get out there, you need to start setting a tone, setting a pace, even yeah. for the game, because it was such a sluggish performance against Fleetwood. Yeah. I bet you they were there going, right, we need to get some energy in the team, we need to up the pace. Andy Cannon comes straight back into number 10, which the fans have been crying out for. And then you think, right, Three minutes in, we press and we get the goal. So just to start off back on that on that point, yeah. because Ryan Williams really helps press. It starts with John Marquis at the front. He's pressing out. And Ryan Williams does something that you've got to credit him for generally in his performances for Pompey, really. And he yeah. reads the game very well and he, and he makes that run, doesn't he, which causes the turnover. Yeah, I mean, there's... there's Quite quite a few split decisions on Williams. I think you, you certainly brought it up a couple of times this season. You know, especially with Harness in the team now as mm -hmm. well. But he definitely brings something else. And and when when you talk about defending from the front, he he's certainly the better player for that, in my opinion. Um, you know, he works hard in that goal, and and everyone got about. And you look at those three players you've just discussed. They're definitely the busier front three players. You know, they they work hard, and you know, it did start with Marquise. He chased down really well. You know, and then followed up with Williams, and you know, Cannon was back in the right place again to to get his uh, his goal for Pumpy. You know, at, at Fratton Park, and delighted for him really. You know, especially coming back from a long term injury, I think it's it just shows how much we actually do do miss him when he's not in the team. You know, he brings that that completely different attacking from the front. You know, kind of game to us, and 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 that was a really good start to the game, as you said, Hugh. Yeah, I mean, it was quite interesting to see that Pep Guardiola had taken over MK Dons and their their new style of football. Now Manchester City are out the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, for next season. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as we said earlier, you know, they they did turn up and they played some nice football but I mean sometimes it's just overdoing it isn't there really and and, and that was a prime example of not you know how not to do it really you know um, just far too many touches and you know obviously it was earlier in the game so the opportunity to, to press that hard at them straight away you know is maybe not the way to, to start off for them really and I imagine it was quite disappointing but as I said you know it, it was good for us it meant that they had to come out and I thought that would open the game up for us a little bit but you know it went completely the other way it, it was slightly disappointing in, in the sense of how it went you know and, and luckily enough we we went into half time one all um, maybe unfortunately Bass with the save from the penalty oh, again it's one of those it's one of those things isn't it which you think he makes the save, and what's really funny is, in, from the Fran Park perspective, you hear this like massive roar of cheer, <laughs> and then it just sort of rolls off him, doesn't it? Yeah. Should a defender have made a run to try and to follow the ball in? I don't think you can actually get there in time, can you? Time, no. But I mean, sort of swing I, a leg out, something, kick yeah. it clear. I mean, I, I, I've I've actually uh, on the, on this census of of this really, I'd, I've been thinking about it today, and you know, there's been a lot of calls from McCory playing right back this season, and and don't get me wrong, when he has played there, he's done a great job, but that tackle was very, very, very sloppy, very, very lazy. You know, it, it was just a chop, as far as I'm concerned, and. That that's sort of uh, maybe a topic for another time, but it, it certainly questions the the defensive ability. Um, in, in is that a holding midfielder like tackle, Matt? <laughs> well, it's hard to say. I, I I mean, you see, holding midfielders can make good, decent challenges, you mm -hmm. know. But 
I just think it was lazy, Hugh. I think I think it was it was certainly from a player that's you know probably returning from injury as well. I think I think he's still got a lot of catching up to do in that sense. Um, and and it it was disappointing that we've given something so sloppy away that potentially after after the slip up at Fleetwood could have been costly. Um, but as I said, you know a little bit earlier on when we moved on to the MK Dons game, ultimately you know. We did we did a professional job second half and, and we came back into it. And again, it was another early goal in that second half as well, wasn't it? Well, it's lucky that Ross McCrory comes back, actually. And, um, I mean, it's a bad challenge. Yeah. And um, he looked pretty devastated. He gave it away. So I think it was one of those things, yeah. you just put your leg out. and But obviously, Ross comes back on the right-hand side. He, uh, he gets the ball. He beats the defender. Then he gets another cross into the box. He ends up in the back of the net. Yeah. He's been a bit of an assist machine at the moment. It's, I think that's three assists, days, yeah. three assists since returning from injury. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those ones, isn't it? James Bolton probably wouldn't have dived in in that situation and put his leg no, out. No, I don't think he would have, have chopped a player from behind personally. But going forward, maybe Ross offers a bit more. Yeah, he does. No, most certainly does. And he's shown that the last few few periods. And, you know, he, he has done, even when he's played central midfield, Hugh, you know, and, and more of a holding position as well. He, he still breaks forward and, you know, gets around the edge of the box and creates things, you know. So I think he has got that ability by all means. And obviously defensively, I believe he has as well. I just think maybe it's something that a, right, a natural right back wouldn't have done. I think they, they would have try to get on the other side of them and actually defensively hold them off and push them out a little bit more rather than just take the swing at the leg. It reminded me of something Bill Hadge might have done though, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had a few <laughs> erratic wingbacks that might well have done that. You yeah. know? And, and as I said, it's not something something to dwell on. You know, ultimately it hasn't cost us. And, and he, as a player, he's, he's shown bounce back, you know, and, and got that assist in the second half, which obviously, you know, then you, you kind of forget about the, the fact that that tackle happened because he, he's gone on and... and moved on from that he's not dwelled on it himself and you know we as a team didn't and we moved on and I think that's where you albeit it wasn't the ex, sort of eccentric performance we all wanted it was a job done you know and, and that for me you know shows a lot of, uh, that we still got that character in the team and, and that's important for me. So I'm just having a little think about this because for me we again the game against Fleetwood the game against MK Dons and it was quite evident again the game against MK Dons that we couldn't retain the ball. Yeah. You know, they were passing the ball all around us. We were struggling to hold on to the ball quite a lot. You know, we've gone out, we've got the goals, we've got the clinical players up there, we've got that quality, yeah. which has enabled us to get the win. Yeah. However, I still think without Ellis Harrison up front, this team struggles to hold on to the ball. No, I agree with you. I do. I, I, I think it goes well for you when, when you're you'd sort of dominate in the game, having the likes of Williams and, and Marquise. I think they, they work hard. I think even if you were you were going out for the defensive game plan, I, I think it works for you. But as a game that you want to go out and make as easy as possible, but at the same time do it well, I think someone like Ellis Harrison just really traps teams in. He sticks The, the ball sticks to him. He stamps his authority on those defences. You can defenders. play out in different ways. And when you are under that cosh a little bit, when you know they started knocking the ball around and playing and moving moving up the pitch a bit more, you know when you need that release, Harrison's brilliant for that mm -hmm. because you can just get rid if you need to. And then you can but push out. you can out. also push out and create again, you mm -hmm. know. And I think that's why he's, he's the more all-rounded first choice sort of striker that you want out there over Marquise. But, you know... 
as people might hear later on in in the second part that you're that will come out later on in the week, you know. Marquise is also on fire at the moment so it's such a toss up isn't it between the two and I don't think it's a bad thing that Harrison's been out I think Marquise has done great since Harrison's mm-hmm. been out but I agree he changes that concept for for different games and I, and I think it's something that um, when he's fit I think he will come back into the squad and, and start over Marquise or if not definitely start up front and, and play behind Harrison you know mm-hmm. so I'm just thinking of the thing we talked about the, the Marquise and, and versus Harrison and then you had the battle for right wing yep. in this game. And it was nothing was shown more, in my opinion, the skill set of the two right wingers we've got who are starting in Williams yeah. uh, and uh, Marcus Harness, purely because you've got Williams creating that goal at first, few really hard work and good positioning, etc. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Marcus Harness, and he shows what he can do when that ball comes over the top. He takes the ball down absolutely beautifully on his, on his chest. It was a header, wasn't it? A was it a head? Yeah, yeah, I he thought it sort of hit, came off his chest no, slightly. No, he seemed to cushion it off his head. Okay. Around the keeper. What he does, though, is he uses his body position, he does, which yeah. means the keeper can't touch him. No. So if the keeper touches him, he's straight down as a penalty. Yeah. Uh, and then he just calmly slots it in. Yeah. I don't think Williams would have done the same amount of no, quality on that finish for that. that. composure, definitely not. You know, and again, it's, it's, it's the battle, isn't it, between the two players? But. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would definitely rather have Marcus Harness in that position than Ryan Williams. And, you know, he was very, very calm and composed for for a player that's not always, for me, uh, you know, calm and composed. I think Harness can be quite sort of eccentric sometimes. That's the word I'm looking for. He can be a bit extravagant. He, he's not afraid to shoot from distance. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. But I, I, I do believe that, you know, maybe if Harness had started yesterday maybe there might have been another couple of goals in it over over Williams starting that first half and Harness coming on but yeah it can't take it away from either of them you know I think you know in, in that question you know again it's it's another headache isn't it so massively but we got the three points probably move up into fifth place got a game in hand over Sunderland who I believe are two points ahead of us from memory yeah so yeah we move on we move yeah. on and yeah. we've got we've got a game coming up against Rochdale which we're going to talk about uh, in the third period, as we're going to call it, in the third section. But before we get on to that, let's go into the question I put out to you guys, because this all ties in together. Me and Matt here talking about the different squad players we've got. But there is a lot of debate and a lot of um, different opinions out there, really, on this topic. So, are you happy, people, with the squad rotation from Kenny Jacket? And do you guys think that we should be rotating the squad again against the game on Rochdale on Friday? Now, mate, I tell you what, there's been quite a few different points of view. So I'm just going to, I'll start it off, yeah, by Rob. Pompey News now. Always good to hear from you, pal. You can't play Brown again. His and Curtis's partnership compared to Seddon is so far and away worse. It's interesting because I just thought Lee Brown had a pretty decent game for him actually at left back. Yeah. Yeah, um, do you know what he, he, he? We talk about headaches, but I mean, I don't think there's a headache there by any means. I think Seddon's first choice all time, all day for me now at the moment. You mm-hmm. know, he's showing that the quality is is far superior. But as I said to you a little bit earlier, but between a conversation that we had, you know, personally off air, you know, I think there's there's games, certain games that you can afford 
to to go. Do you know what? This is another opportunity. And Seddon had a rest last night. Brown's come in, and what, as you said, what did he do wrong last night? If actually, if anything, he had a good performance. Mm. You know, rounded, did his job. Got past Curtis a bit. Got a few balls in the yeah. box. Yeah, and and as far as I'm concerned. I don't. I. I really. You know. Sorry, Rob. I'll argue this with you. Um, I. I don't see um, against a Rochdale team. Yeah. Obviously, if it was Arsenal or or if it was uh, Rotherham in a couple of weeks' time, then yeah, I'd obviously be questioning that and and wondering what what, what where's the the choice of selection come from. But you know, we have players like Lee Brown and Seddon there for rotational purposes. And we, you know, people would complain if we continuously played Seddon. People might look back at that and go, well, hold on a minute. Why did we play him against MK Dons? Why did we play him against Rochdale when we could have walked away with, with, you know, and we've proven it last night. We've walked away with the points, regardless of people's opinions on a player's ability. Yes, Seddon stands out head and shoulders above above any left-back that we've got, uh, even Houndstrup. But, Ultimately, we need that squad rotation at the moment. We've got a really, really busy schedule ahead of us and we're currently right in the middle of a busy schedule. So do you know what? On that one for me, I'm afraid I can't agree. And, and I, I'm, you know, before said, and yeah, all right, people have, have had a bit of a pop at Lee Brown this year. I don't think he's had a good a season this year as he did last year by any means at all. But he's a good squad player to have and I think he's capable of doing a job and we need to bring him in. Especially when we're rotating against some of these teams who are down the bottom of the league. Yeah. Uh, Steve Hughes messages in, goes, us cheer Steve. He says, we had a game Saturday, game yesterday, another one on Friday and then Monday in the Cup. That's four games in nine days. Squad rotation is essential. Yes, 100% agree with you, Steve, on that, really. It just kind of goes over what I said. Um, you know, and... and what what better opportunity have we got to give players that really are a little bit out of steam and puffing a bit two games in a row? You know, MK Dons and Rochdale couldn't have really. We, I don't think you could have, apart from maybe like South End. I don't think you could have picked a better two games to have before such a big game like Arsenal. You know, they're they're two teams that you can comfortably squad rotate, in my opinion. That's no not a dig at them, but. What you know, if you if you had Rotherham stuck bang in the middle, and let's just say Fleetwood as well, you know, Peterborough, the other side or, whatever, of it, yeah. or Peterborough in between, you know, the Arsenal game, then there isn't the room for the squad rotation. Yes, the league is priority. I'm not saying that at all, but for me, if you've got the opportunity to rotate against a lower league side, then do that, and you should trust your squad and you should trust the ability of them to be able to come in and do that. Nice. Um, John Morton messages in he goes strongest squad possible for Friday if other results go our way we could end up in third no I, I, I mean again it, it kind of goes back doesn't it the, the priority is the league and, and do you know what if Kenny and, and feels that it's important to, to go out with a full squad against Rochdale then I'm not going to take that away and, and uh, you know I'm not, I would then hope that he would look at the game on Monday and go, well, actually, do you know what? Do I then need to play my full strength squad again? You know, it, it's it, it's a difficult choice to have at the moment. It really is. And I, I understand the split argument of it. But again, it goes back to, to a personal opinion. Squad rotation is really important. And what better game to do it than at home to Rochdale? They're not the, the, the team that... I mean, I wouldn't... Even if we had a, a few injuries, I wouldn't be too concerned because I still think we, we're going to do a comfortable job or we've got enough quality around the squad to beat a team like Rochdale without having to overrun players. 
Oh, I agree. Jeff Harris pointed out in response to that, considering we're the only team in League One playing Friday, then we're odds on to be in third if we win. Well, yeah. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> Which I just laughed at. No, no, good point. Steve Dins message in. He says, cheers, mate. He says, yes, I would like to see Cedric McGill and Bolton back in for Friday with Brown, Close and McCrory out. No, see, I mean, a, a game for me. Um you know, another argument for it, then, then we can put it in, in this sense, is the likes of Brown, McCrory, they've been out, they've had injuries. Again, they, you know, we need them to, to start, if, if we want the improvement and to start seeing them come back into the style that they can play and the way they can play, they need game time and what better way to do it than, than let them run out against a team like Rochdale where they're capable of doing that. You know, Arsenal... I'm not saying it's the the import. I understand it's not important. I wouldn't be too disappointed because overly, I can't see us getting to the final at Wembley of an <laughs> FA Cup final. What you you joking me? I thought it was guaranteed, mate. I know we're fucking massive, mate, but you know, <laughs> come on, you know, we we need to be realistic on this. And and you know, as much as we all want, we'd love a win against Arsenal. No one would turn it down, and we'd be in a quarter final you know, of an FA Cup. And that that would again be such a huge thing. But what if people had said at the start of the season? Do you want a big FA Cup run and ultimately maybe another day out at Wembley for a semi-final or something? Or do you want promotion out of League One and, and go and enjoy the championship this season? I would have said neither on the Leasing Cup trophy. Well, I think that's the route Kenny's going. <laughs> you know, but no, honestly, I, I, don't, I think if, if you ask anyone, anyone that listens to the podcast and any Pompey fan, People will tell you the league is priority. Yes, of course I agree with that. And no one will take away from Kenny if he goes and puts a full team out on Friday. I, I would, I certainly wouldn't do that at all. But I, I really think that we need to be rotating and then I would expect that against Arsenal. So people are then going to need to decide would they be disappointed if we had the likes of McCrory and Brown playing against Arsenal. So this is such a, this is such a difficult topic in some ways and some people have got a completely different view to others and I think this epitomises it George said out use the same lineup. they got the job done yeah. and Rochdale should be an easier game yeah. keep the top guys fresh for Arsenal now Ben Pay messages in he goes completely the other way around for me strong as possible for Friday rotate against Arsenal yeah. now the fact is for me and you there's no doubt that the league is priority yeah. If you think about it in an absolute way of the league is priority, so you play your best players then and you rest your players against Arsenal, right? Yeah. yeah. There is a complete logical sense to that. And if Kenny thinks that's the way to go for that, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that mentality. Yeah. If Kenny thinks, though, that you've we've rested a team against, um, we've rested a team against MK Dons, yeah? Yeah. If he thinks that he can play pretty much a full strength side against Rochdale, but rest a couple of players who need who, if you trust those squad players to come in basically, and if he thinks that you can play Coast or Mc, or McGeehan and they're interchangeable, for instance, yeah. there's no problem then, in my opinion, rotating a few players. No. But it has to be the level of we're not saying put the reserve team out. No, we're not saying make wholesale changes no, across the no. squad. They're squad players. It's squad rotation. You bring in these players. We brought in McCory because we felt we he could bring something to the squad. Therefore, he's capable of going out in a League One game, which again he would have been brought in to do. So, what? How is it weaker? In my opinion, yes. There's better players, there's individual standout players. Seddon's clearly a championship player, we can all see that. You know, Curtis is, is clearly a, would be a comfortable standout championship player. 
I understand what people are saying, but I feel like against the lesser teams, we need to use squad players. And people like Ben Close, Ross McCrory, Lee Brown, they're more than capable of playing league one. They've proved it over the last couple of years, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, as I said, like I think three or four questions back, you know, if, if it was Peterborough, yeah, I'd be questioning it because you need to go out and you need to win those games. They're really important. They're, they're playoff rivals. Rochdale, on the other hand, are coming down to Fratton Park on a Friday night. Probably not going to bring many fans down. And they're probably, I should think, I mean, I'm not saying professionally they're thinking on this level, but it's a tough game for them. They know that, you know, and the expectation's fully on us to go out and get a result. And I feel like the players that were out against MK Dons and even more a couple that maybe were from the bench that night could comfortably do a job. I'd even, I'm going to put it right out there and cause controversy. I even feel like Pittman could do a job against Rochdale personally. Well, we'll come to that later on. I think Max will disagree. Chris Savile says, play the Resies against Arsenal, promotion and another Wembley win, surely the priorities this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... Yeah. I, I, again, it's, it's, the same, it's the same point and, and the same problem, isn't it? Um, it's what, what you want out of it. And yeah, do you know what? Again, um, now that we've got to Wembley, now we're taking that fan base, and again, that's that's going to be spoken about. But yeah, it's got to be a priority. Now that you've got there, go and win it. You know, you can't take that away at all. You're probably um, not going to roll out your reserve team in the no, final. No, of course you're not. Um, and again, I, I, as I said earlier, I really wouldn't be disappointed if we did roll out. Not I'd, well, I would if we rolled out a reserve squad. But morally and for confidence of the team, I think it's important that. Big players play big games and they'll want to play big games and Arsenal's a massive game and you want to get them out there and play that. Here's, here's what I'm going to say about this, I reckon. If the Arsenal game wasn't on Monday... Yes. Okay? Say that wasn't even even a factor right now, yeah? Yeah. I'd be looking at these games. We've got a lot of fixture congestion anyway, despite the Arsenal game. We've played a lot of games. I would still be saying to a certain level, you need to make sure we're not just playing the same 11 over and over again. Because last season we ran out of gas, etc. This season, though, we haven't done that. We've managed the squad well. People look well rested. But there's no problem in my mind, anyway, rotating a few of these players we've got who are battling for first team a uh, first team position basically yeah. you know we do the same up front we play Harrison one time if he's fit we play um, I think you've just you, you, you play that so it's not about for me it's not about the Arsenal game really to be honest it's no, about it's just thinking about the league now we've got that you think do we need if you know against Rochdale what team can we put out that we think will do a job well and keep the squad going yeah. for the rest of the season no, I mean you've said it though you, you know last year we all complained about the rotation and the la- or the lack of rotation, shall we say, because mm-hmm. it was non-existent. And I think there was a lot of players in the squad last year that maybe weren't so much squad players. There, there was a lot of players that were on the fringe of coming into the first team. But, you know, this year we've got the squad to do it. We generally have the squad to do it. And and if we've got the squad to do it, then why not do it? Why 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 push? All right, I know we're pushing towards the, the business end of the season and every game's important. But Rochdale, if this was Southend, would people say the same thing? I really don't. I think people would be saying happily rest player at home to Southend. You know, with, they'll all do a job. And I feel it's the same for Rochdale. Um, it's, it's no dig at Rochdale. Sorry if any Rochdale fan wants to tune in. We've got loads of Rochdale listeners, yeah, mate. That's it, mate. I know, right? <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's, it's fact. It's stated in in black and white. We're a better team than them, and we should be expected at home to go out and get a result. And I feel like we've got the squad players to do that. 
I'm not saying Arsenal's priority by any means, but I'm saying for squad confidence and their their it will hurt them if they're not out on that pitch against Arsenal. Everyone's going to want to play against Arsenal. And, uh, you know, you'll hear that later on anyway. Paul Mello messages in and says, we need to get game time into many of our fringe players as we're going to go need them. I'll play Seddon for Curtis to rest him and give Jack a run out for either Burgess or Raggett. Yeah. I'd love to see Pittman giving a decent run out from the bench. No, I don't want Pittman to play. No, that's my opinion. Okay, and others disagree with me. All right. Maybe maybe he can get a run out from the bench. I think we look like a poor team when he plays at 10 in particular. I don't want to ever see Pittman play at 10. If he wants to play up front, he wants to play Pittman up front, have absolutely no mobility going forward from the front line. The, the stuff we're now used to, because you can criticise Marcus, you can criticise Harrison, but both of those players close down from the front, right, yeah? I don't think he's going to play, play him up front on his own anyway. I'm not, say, I'm not saying I want him to play. I'm just saying... I feel like if it needed to be done, it could be done. I feel the same with Ollie Hawkins. I feel like we could play Ollie Hawkins up top and use him as a player to, to go out and be right, right wing, mate. Right wing. <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like it wouldn't be that much of a blow against Rochdale as it would be against someone that you know we were playing like Peterborough. I just feel like you know I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like. Oh, I'd be. I would be disappointed if Pittman started because that's my opinion. I don't feel like he's earned it. I think his attitude's all wrong, and there's clearly an underlying problem going on behind the scenes that no one really knows about at the moment. But you know, I'm just saying. I feel like against Rochdale, he could. We could capably probably get something out of it, albeit it wouldn't be very extravagant, and it'd probably be quite sloppy. You know, and Pittman would probably go and get a penalty and claim that he's like God to everyone, and 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 he's done that. Sorry, anyone who's a Pittman fan, but that's again, that's just my personal opinion on that. But I'm just saying, I think we could, and that's what I'm talking about. Squad rotation, we've got the squad to do it. What what players do we need to play to succeed? I understand. Yes. yes. Now, Lynn messages in and uh, says, like McGivery to play. Again, would would you feel uncomfortable with him playing? No, not really. But I also don't know why he's. I mean. I mean, with a goalkeeper as such, Bass has been playing very well. Don't get me wrong, not criticising Alex Bass. Although, you know, a couple of things recently. Maybe McGivery was, was shown that he wasn't playing at his maximum strength, made a couple of definitely errors. Not. Yeah, definitely not. And then uh, the injury came along and, and let's really put it out there. Well, in my, again, my opinion, but let's put it out there. Bass isn't his place, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's got a mistake in him. He's still young. And, and we, we fully need to... You know, understand that he's going to have the odd mistake in him. He, he's still a young goalkeeper. He's nowhere near prime yet. But as far as I'm concerned, he's coming. He's got the most clean sheets this season, and and he's deserved that. But I wouldn't turn around and be like, oh no, if McGivery was announced as, as playing against Rochdale again, I wouldn't have a problem. We've got with two it. quality keepers, and let's be honest, he's even the best the for Scotland, he's clearly got the quality. You know, you don't get an international call up if you haven't got the ability to be able to go and play football. No, it's not Northern Ireland, is it? Well, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> or, or Wales. Right. Anyway, moving forward, Rod Smith messages in. He goes, Pittman will score if he's bought on. He must be chomping at the bit. <laughs> So chomping at the bit, he was in Bournemouth playing with their youth team. Lee Hewell messages in, he says, strongest squad for Friday, rest everyone on Monday. Gone through that, but I appreciate the input, Lee. Dusty, but no. No. Well, I'm guessing that's in response to, are you happy with squad rotation? Okay. That must be what it was for, no. Yeah, no. 
I mean, there's been occasions, particularly earlier in the season, where, again, I think Jacket was slow with the substitutes. Mm-hmm. But that's certainly improved since the turn of He's a lot better, it's actually, these subs. 70 odd minutes, whatever. Yeah. Bringing on Marcus Harness the other day helps change the game. Yeah, I mean, me and you, you know, I'm not <laughs> the last game I went to, but obviously the AFC Wimbledon game stood out for us, didn't it? You know, he brought Marquis on and, and he goes and scores. And, and he did that earlier, a lot earlier in that game, you know, and gave him the time to impact. And I think that was... Not 85 minutes warming up takes two minutes to get your sub on and this is the important thing about Rochdale you know we're we're talking about resting players but you know Lee Brown plays that doesn't mean Seddon's not going to be on the bench you know you can bring them on if you need to change change it up a little bit you know or is that avoiding the point of squad resting the squad but 20 minutes not really, actually. Not, Not really. Um, just, just quickly talking about the left-back position. We spoke about Lee Brown, but I think one thing that's really frustrated fans in particular is that Brandon Houndstrip wasn't given the nod over Lee Brown at left-back. Yeah, yeah. And I, I understand that because, you know, he, he's played, in between Lee Brown's injury, Houndstrip actually played quite a large chunk of football, mainly at right-back. But he did a great job there. And, and maybe the question might well be asked is why... You know, when someone's played and earned it, all right, he's he had an injury himself and he's coming back from that, but he's actually probably, you know, given form this season. He's the, he's the, for me, he's the second choice left yeah, back. Yeah, given you know, form, far. I agree with that. Yeah, but I think Lee Brown as a as a player that's got quite a big influence on the squad in personality and character, I feel also it'd be unfair to completely like override him with the youngster as well. I think that would probably almost suggest to me that he's on his way. If, if you put Hanstrup in over Lee Brown. And I think that, that, that some fans would probably argue that Hanstrup's earned that place at left yeah. back. But I do think, you know, Kenny Jackett makes Lee Brown vice captain as well midway through the season, not even at the start of the season. And I think that, you know, Seddon comes in, has made a complete difference. He's a difference yeah. maker. He's a different yeah. class to anyone else who got in that yeah. position. So, you know, he's going to play if, if he wants him to yeah. play. But I think past that, I think Kenny Jackett's going to want to go back to one of his you of know, course. veteran leaders yeah. in the squad. And, and maybe that has an impact in the team. Um, just talking about so that. So we've done the Hounds trip, we've done the squad rotation, Matt. Yeah. Let's quickly touch on the leasing trophy tickets. Yes. Because as you guys all know, Pompey have had 50-odd thousand tickets allocated. So I think it was 50,300. That's it, yeah. 50,300 tickets, right. So we heard today, Wednesday evening this is, we're recording, uh, it's nearly midnight, and what's quite funny about it is Salford have announced their tickets, Matt, and how yeah. many have they got? 3,000. 3,000 tickets. So any of you out there who's, you know, worried, you're not, I don't know, you're not a season ticket holder, and you, you probably didn't go along to any of the earlier games in the competition, because let's be honest, not that many people did, relatives, many people want tickets, don't fret. We've got 50,000 already, which is a shitload. Yeah. And after that, Salford have taken three. Now, the only reason I can think for that, and we don't know the answer to this question at this moment in time, because it's only just come out, haven't had any time to investigate, maybe you can't return these tickets to Wembley. Yeah. So that's the only reason I think you'd only take 3,000, even for a little tin pot club like Salford. Yeah, I, I, I think we sort of like touched on it earlier in a conversation, didn't we? You know, we said... You know that we we think that's probably the the reasonable explanation is they can't return, so they're taking a smaller batch. Knowing you know we we would comfortably fill Wembley out. Really, I think ultimately the whole well, the whole thing. If, if I'm not saying for, for the season final, <laughs> let's just say we got to FA Cup final and they turned around and said, "Oh, you could take the whole thing." I think ultimately we probably could if we really wanted to, but 
you know, I'm just using that as an example and maybe not the best one, but, you know, I think for Salford it's better to take the, the minimal and, and then go, I mean, what it'd be interesting to something we've probably missed out looking at ourselves, but their average weekly attendance at home, you know, probably doesn't touch more than that. So they've probably gone on that and then gone, right, let's, you know, sort of build on that if we need to we can always take another couple of thousand let me look that up now yeah but it looks it looks urgent to me like I can't see them getting anywhere near 10,000 to be brutally honest with you unless of course the uh, plastic Man United fans from Guildford all turn up and, and you know support the class of 92 which thank God personally I haven't heard uh, Sky bringing it up yet but I'm sure it'll be um, closely on the horizon but again you know yeah I found it mate Average home attendance for Southford this season is 3,102, which includes away fans. There we go. So, you know, they, they've probably averaged it on that and gone, let's let's start, and if we need to add, they'll add to it. The highest they've had all season was 4,518. Leeds? Leeds. In the Cup. In yeah. the EFL Cup. Yeah, first round. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which was on Sky. Mm-hmm. So, that's a big one, and the lowest one was 2,389 versus Cheltenham. Um, so you know, it, I thought it, it, that was it, odd. Um, just, just, just to go on from that, let's talk about more stuff to do with the game quickly because uh, a few things have been announced. Pompey will have the Green Man Pub, yes, uh, assigned to them. You're particularly excited about that. I am. It's my favourite pub around Wembley to go to. Um, I will be there having a beer. If people want to come and say hello. Uh, with a lot of the guys from Pompey News now. And yeah, it's, it's a great blast. It's a great pub. You have to walk up a hill to get to it. So if you're a lazy bastard, maybe just drink somewhere else. So but. that's why you could be able to find me in Box Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a good transition. Box Park has also been, apparently been assigned to Pompey as well. And uh, thanks to Jeff Harris for giving us the update on that one, mate. Much appreciated. Yep. All right. So we're doing the Arsenal preview, Matt to be released Friday night, Saturday morning. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is we'll do the Rochdale preview. And I know we've touched on the players, etc. Yeah. So what we'll do now is we're just going to go into Rochdale as a team. Yeah. Uh, and how we're going to play against them, etc. So Matt, Rochdale as a team, Ian Henderson and friends. Yeah. So um, let's, let's rewind back. They, they've got a new manager in this season. Um, he's a manager that actually, interestingly, Considering they've got Ian Henderson up front, as you've just mentioned, they actually do like to play a little bit more of a, an attractive style than they did under Keith Hill. Although, albeit, Keith Hill actually didn't play too bad of a They always of knock it round quite well, Rochdale, I they think. They do. Um, at home, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that you could say, well, actually, it could be a little banana skin, possibly. Away from home, on the other hand, Rochdale aren't the biggest of travellers at all. No. Um, they've lost to Bolton this season as well um, you know they they're not the strongest team they're very very um, I suppose the, the best way to sum it up is consistently inconsistent mm-hmm. um, and therefore you know again the, there's the potential for banana slip but again at home um, I think it's going to be a really big uphill challenge for them as a team. Exactly. So let's look at their recent results. For instance, Rochdale drew two all at home to Gillingham. They lost two one away at MK Dons. They won one nil at home to Shrewsbury. Drew away at Donny one one was the best result I've seen so far. Even though Donny had been slipping at a time as well, not playing yeah. great. They lost three nil away at Sunderland. 
then they lost 2-1 at home to Coventry last week. Yeah. So, they're one of those teams, as Matt has already highlighted, basically, that away from home aren't as good. They're also historically a team who play beat the teams down the bottom around them which means that they stay up each season yeah. and then they struggle against the better sides they, they, now, they the, get overrun when I say overrun I don't mean that in scorelines it doesn't stand up 2-1 at home to Coventry but they tend to tire out and run out of puff they haven't quite got the you know the depth and the players to influence games and changes it I think actually I, I'm not please don't anyone quote me on this I think they actually went 1-0 up against Coventry um you know, but they, this is where, you know, as Hughes just sort of stated, teams above them in the league tend to, to eventually get the better of them, um, purely because defensively as well. Now nah, they pulled one back, mate. It was Rose went oh, one okay. up, uh, Godden scored 71, and yep. then Wilbraham got one at 72. Okay, yeah. yeah. But still... Do you know what? They're a funny team, Rochdale, for me as well, because they tend to play different formations as well. They're not a team that has stuck to purely one formation this season. Um, I think they played 4-4-2, actually, in the last game. Yeah, yeah. At home. Whether they'll do that away from home, I don't know. They tend to play a 4-3-3 formation, usually, and I've watched Rochdale play um, this season. So going to 4-4-2 is interesting because it changes the dynamics of what they play. They tend to play Callum Camps up front with Ian Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows about Ian Henderson, but you know he's got 13 goals this season. In case people are interested in that, the next player to score any goals for Rochdale is Callum Camps with six goals uh, for them, and then it drops off straight away to three. Yeah. Okay. So what we need really is just to mark those two up front. They haven't got a big goal threat from midfield. The midfield works hard. They try and pass the ball around quite a lot. Um, who's the guy I was thinking of? They had a player which I actually quite liked. I was going to sign. We wanted to sign in there. Uh... Andy Cannon. No. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Cannon. They had someone who I can't even remember who it was, mate. So we have to no, move on. No, I mean, they've got. Um, they interestingly enough for anyone, they've got. Uh, I believe a right back uh, who's actually signed for Man United in January, but he's back on loan at Rochdale. Who is that, Matt? Uh, Keohane. Oh, good question. I can't really think off the top of my head. We're He's fucking used this, aren't we? Interesting yeah. enough, he actually played for Rochdale at Old Trafford in the AFL Cup and scored as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's a talent um, and, and probably one to keep an eye out, um, definitely for the future. So, anyone into their scouting, take a look. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they, they've, you know, Callum Camps is, is a good player, um, but six goals for a striker. Would you be happy with that, Hugh? Would you be happy with a return from of six goals for John Marquise this season? No. No. You know, so ultimately, yes, all right, he's got six goals and Henderson's got 13, but as you said, we all know what Henderson can do. But I feel like someone like Burge and Raggett are, are the sort of people that will, will really just bully Henderson as well. I'm not saying Henderson can't bully back because he can. He's, he always he's a gets a goal against us, doesn't he? Yeah. Annoyingly, he's got a, he's got a couple against us, but I feel good like we're, we're good enough to to keep him out of the game. Shut him Fratton down, Park. Really, to be honest with you, I don't think he's going to be overly too interesting. And again, it's something we we sort of go back on a little bit. You know, if we can press them, get that goal early, and break them down, I can't see Rochdale turning up and and even in the slightest playing I don't think we're going to be looking back at the end of the 90 minutes put it this way and to summarise it we're not going to be looking back at the end of 90 minutes and saying well Rochdale were definitely one of the better footballing teams we've had down at Fratton Park like we did with MK Dons 
I, I don't even think they've got that kind of quality. Do you know what, Matt? They do try and play a nice football, right? Do you know what it is, though? That Their quality from a player-to-player level, right, yeah, isn't that great. So what it is, though, is they'll try and play that passing football a little bit. They try and knock it around in their own half. They're not a very aggressive team. They don't try and rough you up that much compared to a lot of teams you might think down the bottom who will yeah. play a physical style of football and impose on you. They do try and get the ball down out wide, get balls in for Ian Henderson as well, that sort of thing. But unfortunately... They're not good in the air. No. They're not good at defending against anyone running at them. No. So skillful players such as Marcus Harness, for instance, just get at those Rochdale players. Yeah. They tend to crumble. They're not great at that. They can't protect a lead if they go 1-0 up. They can see goals pretty badly. Um, they're very easy to create a lot of goal-scoring opportunities yeah. against effectively. Um, and they're also pretty awful from letting wingers get at them, run at them, yeah. and get balls into the box. Yeah. So in a nutshell, they try and play the right way. Defensively, they're not that great. And against a team with a lot better calibre players, like Pompey, we should storm them at home. Yeah, and, and you know, you said it, that defensively, they're not great. Get at them. You know, get at them, stay at them. You know, don't, don't take your foot off the pedal. Kill them off. You know, we, we could comfortably kill the game off by, by half-time if we play the football we, we can play. And we have played this this season. You know, we, we could easily do that. And I think, again, it you know, I'd probably say this against most uh, lower league teams, but, you know, you get that early goal and the game's almost there, really, to for that taken. And I think that's going to be a really big, important part of that game, Hugh. I mean, Pompey, historic stuff, which I don't really take much notice into usually, but Pompey have won the last four get matches against Rochdale in all competitions, for instance. Um, obviously, we scored the, at least two goals in the last eight games at home. Uh, Pompey have also scored at least two goals in five of the last six matches against Rochdale in all competitions. So, if you're looking to put a bit of a flutter on, goals, 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 you should score at least two, maybe over 2.5 goals in the game. Yeah. Definitely is a good shout for this game. Yeah. Matt, let's go for it. Rochdale, Pompey. Yeah. Score prediction. You know what's coming. I do. Um, I'm going to go with a really confident 3-0 win. And I'm going to go with Marquise for... Hat-trick? No, no not hat-trick. <laughs> no, I, I can actually see him getting a couple. Um, and uh, Let's go for Andy Cannon to get another one. Bag another one against his old team. Okie dokie. I'm also going to go 3-0 for the game. I've been saying in the last podcast, I said, you know what? I keep going 3-0. Um, and then I took a conservative approach to it and went and went 2-1. And what, uh, sorry, 2-0 after people coming on the podcast, Matt, um, going very conservative for the Pompey 1-0, 2-0, I've gone a bit ambitious and gone three goals. It's never worked out. And guess what happens? I go for two goals. Pompey slot three past right. MK Dons, right? Yeah. I'm going to have a bit more confidence this week. I think Rochdale, poor team. I don't think they're going to score. 3-0 no. Pompey. I'd like to see if Harrison played. I think he'd get a goal. I don't think he will play. I think he'll no. be rested. Yeah. So I think we'll go Cannon, Marquis and Burge. Three goals. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like that. Yeah, and and the standard Burge one for you as well, mate, of course. Yeah, get it in there. Well, I hope you'll be betting on it as well, mate. You know. If I've got the money available. Well, you've got some beers to buy for Wembley, mate, so, you know, come on. Beers <laughs> to buy for who? Oh, who do you think, mate? The team. 
<laughs> well, I'm buying for everyone now, am I? You are, mate. Yep. It just sounds just sounds like Liverpool now all over again. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. <laughs> anyway, that's about all the time we've got for you today because we actually now have to go and record the second part for the Arsenal game. Um, and until next time, play out Pompey. Play out Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.